This is the Fedora Chronicles radio show number 50, our mid-centennial paranormal ghost hunting in Utah special edition part one. I'm Eric Render King Fisk, your Robert Stack for this evening's episode of Unsolved Mysteries. This time, Becky and Jason Cousineau talk with us about their ghost hunting adventures in Utah, but they don't call it ghost hunting in this episode and they explain why. We also talk about the equipment we like to use when exploring haunted locations. And we start talking about shadow people to prep for the next episode. As always, here's a couple of announcements. You can reach us day or night via our social media pages that are linked on all of our web pages. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and even our own forum, The Electric Speakeasy. Tell us what you like about the show and share with us what topic you would like us to tackle next. Feel free to submit subjects that you would like us to do for an upcoming show. You can also be on the podcast when you have something of interest you'd like to talk about. If it's something you'd like to promote, like a product or a book you wrote, or even an upcoming event. If you want to be on the Fedora Chronicles radio show for any of the aforementioned reasons, just drop us a line over at Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Fedora Chronicle, or drop us a line via email, info at thefedorachronicles.com. We have a vast array of products on our Zazzle page, zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Our biggest seller right now is our flying Fedora Skull logo. People are buying it on coffee mugs, shirts, aprons, flasks, cell phone and laptop covers, keychains, countless of other useful and practical products. Super cool and each product supports the show. Support the show in another way by clicking on our Amazon links. Products are delivered right to your door, while we get a little something in return with no added cost for you. Just click the Amazon link that can be found everywhere on the Fedora Chronicles. The two best fedoras in the world right now is the one that you're wearing and the one you want to buy next. Where to buy your next fedora can be found on our vendor page. Click the vendor link on our website and uh, you'll find Fedora vendors and hatters that have been pre-approved by our members. Nobody pays to be added on this list. The only way that you can be on the list is to be recommended by many of our users so you know that all of these links are aces. Well, okay, enough about that. Here's my combination with the Cousinos and their experiences in the paranormal, part one. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing, man? Hey, not bad. Well, it all depends on you. No, we're doing well. We are doing well. Are we ready to go? I think we it are. Just took us absolutely forever to get on. I had to reset my password to get on. Like three times. I only reset it once. Like three times. You know what people really like about the uh, the podcast that we've been doing is that they like the the informal starts, whereas it was just like. We just like start with a little chit chat, and then we just like start when like nobody, nobody, uh, nobody, nobody expects it. it. <laughs> Sneak it in there. <laughs> it's like a hit and run podcast. Here we go, baby. ZZ Top is coming to town. It's gonna be a bloodbath. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for calling in to the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show, playing all the hits all the time. Coming in at number one, it's the Kuznos with. Baby, we just bought a house. <laughs> Thank you for having us, Eric. All right, let's get some background. 
Um, Jason Cousineau and his beautiful wife, Becky, also known as Jason's better half. Uh, actually, I don't think it's really better half, Jason. I got to be honest with you. I think it's Becky is really more your better five eights. <laughs> Maybe seven eights. Seven eights. Oh, okay. okay. My best friend and my wife colluding against me. <laughs> I, I get how it is. I get how it is. Sorry. Start speaking against. I dial it back about in the uh, in the last millennium. Um, Jason Cousineau and I were um, on a chain gang somewhere in uh, Eastern Asia for stealing some Ming Dynasty trinkets. Uh, Becky was the... One does uh, not consider a vase a trinket. Exactly. Becky was the daughter of the prison warden, and it was through Jason's slick... Slick, slippery, forked tongue. He was able to talk us out of prison, and Becky and Jason have been together ever since. You got it right, Eric. Exactly. That's it. You know what? And that's the amazing thing. Uh, if you have a great face for radio, you can get away with anything. Uh, and I do. <laughs> I was talking about she myself. <laughs> So I'm going to make some noise here while I adjust my microphone. By the way, in the peanut gallery. Oh, no, it's as high. It's like William Shatner. It's as high as it can go because I'm the rocket man. Anyway, here in the background, in the peanut gallery, we have the peanut gallery. The peanut himself. Tumble Fisk. This is the perfect place where I'm going to insert some, some uh, crowd cheering or whatever. So anyway, so what is the theme of tonight's podcast, guys? Well, I thought we were going to talk about some paranormal experiences that Becky and I have had. That is, that is absolutely, totally perfect. That is perfect. Um, is it going to be just about you, or is it going to be me too? Am I going to throw some stuff in there? Or, or... I think it would be great to have a conversation. I know, I know you, uh, you've had some experiences of your own, and, and we've had some, and Let's share, man. Let's do this. Well, I'm going to tell you right now before we get any any uh, get started. I was all prepared and ready to go to talk about the great mortgage crisis of 2008 and how it affected members of the Fedora Chronicles family. But since this is the Halloween season, I think that that topic is just way too scary. So we're going to stick <laughs> with ghosts, goblins. Um, and we're going to skip the uh, the uh, IRS debt collectors. Yes, yes, let's let's do that. We don't want people losing sleep. All right. So, and, and another disclaimer: this is going to be the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show Halloween Super Special Number Two. The Halloween Super Special Number One went up on October seventh, um, meaning the night that we recorded this. And um, so far, we've gotten some positive reactions um, so far. So, um, so that's disclaimer number one. Uh, disclaimer number two is that um, I am one of those people who really, really believe in the paranormal. I believe that there is something out there that is stranger than fiction. Um, I think that there is a, a lot of historical um, and biblical truth to it. I think that all religions have some basis in the supernatural, and I think that all of them have something something worthwhile to say, whether it's Christianity, Judaism, Buddhism, Islam. Um, I, I think that there is, every little religion has hints or clues about what is the paranormal. 
and what lies beyond the uh, the dark veil. Get into well, some real serious. That's essentially what religion is, isn't it? I mean, it's what we define by modern parlance as paranormal is the the study of things that are beyond the normal. Paranormal, exactly. Beyond normal, and religion is all about the nature of humanity. Why are we here? What happened before we got here? What happens after we leave here? What happens after death? What does death mean? All that sort of thing. That's all tied into religion. So I think paranormal is basically the secular version of religion to some extent. Gotta yell at the kids. Oh my God, did you hear that? I heard a kind of a howling in the background. Oh my God, I, 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 think, I think this podcast is haunted. All right, so where do you guys want to jump off? What's the launching point for you guys tonight? Where do you want to start? Okay, well, um, since we've been out here to Utah, we've had a, a number of experiences. We participate with a, a paranormal investigative group um, annually, and we've lived here four or five years. years. I can't believe and, it's been that long. I don't believe I it. It's too long. So with this group, they actually have everything we need for a paranormal investigation. Uh, lanterns that are dim, they've got the meters, the, um, the EMF meters, EMF meters and EVP recorders. It's been quite a ride. Yes, it's been very, very interesting. Well, then why don't you um, share with us their name, their location and, and how you found them? It's the Paranormal Research Group of Utah, and and also another group, but I can't remember their name. It was the, the Ochre Mountain Paranormal Investigations. Okay. Basically, one of Becky's cousins lives on a farm. I Can you pause for a second? We've got to shut the dogs up. You do that. I'm going to grab something to drink, and then i got something to say about the dog. <laughs> Nothing negative. Hold on. Taking care of the dogs in the back. She'll be, in, she'll be back in a second. Um, yeah, we, uh, Becky will be back in just a minute. She's taking care of the dogs in the backyard. Well, while she does that, I have noticed something really strange in the realm of talking about the paranormal. And the thing is, is that whatever animals that there are in the house, the animals always seem to act up whenever we start talking about the paranormal. Well, it's been documented several different times in several different ways that animals have a means of sensing the things that we ourselves only sense on the periphery. I mean, it's kind of a well-known fact at this point, you know, dogs can sense ghosts and stuff like that. So it's yeah. not really all that surprising that the dogs are acting up. It'd be something as mundane as a raccoon running through the backyard too. And also we had some audio difficulty when we were doing the recording uh, for whatever reason, um, when uh, Melinda Mock was talking about what, what she thought of The Exorcist, the audio board and all the microphones just died out. It's not that it stopped recording, it stopped recording audio for the entire time that Melinda was talking about. And um, her fiance or boyfriend, Michael French, got into it and it was, we, he could, they could not figure out what the problem was on their end. What I would like to be able to say or admit, hey, listen, I, well, I was goofing around and I pushed a button and I didn't mean to. I'd love to be able to say that. The problem is I can't. Yeah. I can't say that. So go ahead. To, to kind of segue that into what we started talking about is um, Becky's cousin owns a farm that has been in, well, her cousin's wife 
owns a farm that they currently live on that has been in the family for generations. Um, we're talking, they came out with the Mormon pioneers and they basically built the farm then. And it's been generation after generation after generation of that family living there. And that's where we do these paranormal investigations. There are um, three ghosts that we know of. One is her great uncle who inhabits a particular barn that is on the adjacent property that used to be part of their property. They, it's been sold off. Um, and then they have another barn where there are some darker spirits that are there. Um, one of the more benign ones in that building is that of a young boy who died a very kind of tragic death when he was young. He was what, between nine and 13, something like that. He's, he wasn't quite a teenager. You know, he wasn't a little kid, but he wasn't quite a teenager kind of a thing. Are you right. talking the kid who got strangled? Yeah. He was nine. He was nine. Okay, there we go. And um, so every year as kind of a fundraiser for the animal rescue, um, she brings in these paranormal investigation groups, and then we basically take a walk around the property, and we sell tickets to a limited number of people in the public, and they go with us. And the paranormal investigators actually talk them through what they do on an investigation while simultaneously asking questions of um, Becky's cousin's wife and they get, you know, she gives them the background of, of the area specifically where they'll be. Um, on this one particular occasion, it was the first time we did it really, Becky and I, there, there was dogs barking and Becky and I looked over and we saw the dogs barking. At... You're telling it wrong. Go ahead. Yeah, Becky, get into it. Okay. So um, at the first, of the beginning of the uh, investigation, we were in the white barn. And I guess this isn't really the beginning. It's the middle of the investigation. We had already been in another barn. A little bit happened here and there. Some flashes of light, some shadows move. Minor and things. yeah, minor things. And then we get to the other barn and I actually have a sensation of choking. My daughter and my sister both um, get their energy just sucked right out of them and they both almost passed out. And I actually had to um, leave because between the choking sensation and the this horrible feeling of sadness i was just done and so we went out of the barn and then um and recouped and everybody was ready to go back in and as we were back in and i turned to jason i said oh do you think a fox is in the hen house so we both look over to where we can both hear some chickens clucking and making a ruckus and he's like oh it's probably a feral cat and we both look over and see this um, old, chicken coop. old chicken coop. And I don't know the property very well. Like, like he said, it's my cousin's wife. So we go inside, finish the evening, and the very next day when we're back for the second event with a new group of people, I say, oh, by the way, Sue, because her name is Sue, it, what, uh, what happened with the chickens? Did you find out if it was a feral cat or a fox in the hen house? And she said, we haven't had chickens on this property in 150 years. And when we looked over to where we had seen the chicken coop the night before, 
there was nothing there. There was she had like a, a dog. <laughs> oh, again, dog. once again, one, yeah. once again, the, no, no, the, 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 the dog knows. The dog knows. I, I think that that's one of the difficult things about having a podcast is that for whatever reason, there will be strange things that will just happen when you're talking about the paranormal. And it oh, was just absolutely. Like, but yeah, no, um, we also just on that, that one weekend, I think it was, um, we were asked to give a blessing on the area so that there'd be nothing malignant. Um, but later that night, the second night, was it the second night or was it later in the season? I don't season? remember. It's been too long. Um, I think it was later that night on the second night. They had a number of um, older teenagers that were kind of standing security so that the local kids didn't start throwing things at the house to throw off the investigation. And one of the girls that was doing security. Well, it was it was a little bit more than just one girl because those she kids. Was with, she was with uh she was standing with two other people she was inside of a truck yep with three with there was three kids together mm -hmm. and they actually they the the entire truck moved when the entire truck moved um it actually wiped the dirt off one side of the truck but not off the other side there were and the girl received scratches on her back we actually have a, a photograph of it as well of um, three scratches, like uh, a three-fingered person, but the fingers were a lot farther away than. Yeah, so it was someone with a big hand. A very big hand. Well, it could. It wasn't yeah. someone. It yeah. was something because her friends did not scratch her, nor could they reach from where they were from, sitting because of she was sitting in a vehicle, and uh, that part of her back was actually against the seat where she got scratched. And the span from the outer two marks was, was a good large. five, maybe six inches. Yeah. It was in it, the scratch marks themselves in length went from about her spine to about where the, her back curved into her side. Yeah. It was pretty large scratches. Yeah. So the investigators took a lot of pictures of that. Um, they did some EMF readings. One of the things that they do when doing paranormal investigations is they have a temperature sensor. And earlier, Becky was talking about how she and Taylor and her sister Brenda had felt the energy sucked from them. When that happens, what what the ghosts are doing is they're trying to gather enough energy to have enough on people. And entities. Entities. Sometimes they do it just as a malignant you thing. Sometimes it's you benign. You can't call them ghosts. <laughs> yeah, that's with the spirits and no entities. The entities. Sorry. Um, and what they what happens as a result of that is when you have energy leaving an area, the temperature drops. And I don't think it was that year. I think it was the year following. They were in that same white barn when they we were they were doing. They had a person there that was a medium, and she was asking questions. All of a sudden, the lead investigator said, "We need everyone to leave the barn right now." The temperature had dropped almost twenty degrees in a span of like two minutes. So he said, everyone needs to leave right now. It wasn't just that, the EMF. The EMF started were, going nuts. The, um, yeah, I mean, it was. Every single sensor they had. Every, yeah, and people were, yeah, it was just a really bad situation. Um, it was going, it was to the, uh, things started moving. Remember the yeah. um, ladder against the wall and they were actually afraid because this is a working barn 
they had equipment and farm equipment flying across a barn full of well, we had like 20 people 20 in there, people plus including. the investigators and the and the um, uh, mediums, which yeah. which is my family, and mostly. And they were like, no, we got to get out of here before someone gets killed. There was almost a, a total of 30 people in there. And so they, they pulled the plug. They're like, that's it. We're done for the night. Um, later that night, um, I'm a member of the LDS church, and I hold the priesthood, and she asked us to give a blessing to the area so that any benign any the benign spirits would remain the malignant spirits would leave and during the course of giving that blessing there was a powerful darkness came over us and um i don't remember what i said becky said i suddenly started spouting scripture and the darkness got thicker and stronger and then eventually faded and it was physically powerful yeah it was it was very oppressive it, it was it was it was on your mind it was it was repressing your trying to repress our thoughts it was trying to stop his speech because i wasn't speaking but i was just there and he physically fell into me, into me, and I could barely hold him up. Um, we don't need to discuss how much he weighs, but I am very strong. <laughs> he, he weighs about as much as I do. Maybe a little more now. Yeah, I've, I've been packing on the pounds, man. I work I, I, yeah, so well, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I think that maybe you do weigh a little bit more than I do now because I, <laughs> I've been I've been working really hard to sort of like lose some of my uh, some of my baby fat, as it were. I found it. Oh, okay, good. All right, hang on to it for me, and and next but, time we see yeah, each so other, we uh, you know, after after that, we we left, and it was just very. It was very. It was. The, there it, are things that will follow you. Yeah. Okay. There are yeah, things yeah. that are. There are entities that used to be human, like the little boy that Becky described earlier. And then um, there's other things. And then there's other things. You got to remember if you want to go back to scripture. In the book of Revelations, they talk about a war in heaven, and a third of the host of heaven was cast out, and where did they go? Well, where else are they going to go? Exactly. They're here. Yeah. They're here. So I personally believe that what we felt there had never been human, and that was It didn't feel like a person. At all. Like when, you know, when you're standing in line in the grocery store, and you can feel that lady who's like really really close to you it to has, the point where you could practically feel her breathing on your neck and you turn around and she's really right there yeah it wasn't that kind of a feeling no this was something far darker and it wasn't the wasn't the first or last time we felt something like that we um we had been asked to give a blessing to this other family the place they were living in had just something something there in their children's bedroom which was yeah. very disconcerting for them for yeah so they were they were concerned about it and they asked us to give a blessing on the house i mean it was a, a 10 degree temperature difference from one room to the other even when the door was left open yeah and, and they had even space in, and even in the summertime though too yeah i mean 10 degrees in the summertime that i mean of course why would you want to get rid of them in the summertime if they kept the room cooler yeah but, but you know all those temperature Who inversions. All those, yeah. yeah, all those temperature inversions. That is always, not always, a sign. Like here's a perfect example. In my backyard, 
you can walk into the same spot over and over and over again and you will feel a temperature inversion and that's usually because like there is some there's some groundwater or some kind of like permanent fog hanging around there but then there are other places where like like indoors you will experience a temperature inversion because something happened there or something is happening there um, like some kind of, I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word portal because of the science fiction connotations, but there is something there. There is some kind of a gateway or there is something supernatural. I would, I would recommend staying away from portal, not because of the science fiction connotation, but portal in most people's minds is a fixed location. Okay. And, and I, and I say, use the word portal even though it may be in, in some people's minds a fixed location, but because I know people that feel that they have portals in their home and they have been there the whole time. So I, I, I say use the word portal. He says don't use portal. I, I prefer to use, even though it's, it is kind of overused in a paranormal discussion, it is the word veil because anywhere can be if enough energy is being transferred anywhere can be close to the other side because the other side is merely a, a perspective for lack of a better term. Right. Um, you know, we, we don't, Becky has, as she mentioned, she is able to sense spirits and there's been a few times, even before we moved out here to Utah where she she had another friend of hers who was also sensitive to spirits and they were having a spiritual discussion and i came home from work and as soon as i walked into the room they both said it suddenly got very crowded in here wow. so yeah yeah you know you, you hear about people saying that guardian angels and guardian spirits and that is quite quite likely yeah. what is exactly happening so you and your guardian angels sort of crashed the party, huh, Jay? Uh, they did. About a battalion of them. <laughs> well, you know, some of us need more uh, security than others. Yeah, some of us need more help staying on the straight and narrow than others yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or just, you know, jerks. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, that for me, uh, in my, my earlier um, paranormal, paranormal investigations... Um, I remember when I was walking um, on some of the forbidden territories on um, Mount Wantasiket, which is right across the river from Brattleboro, Vermont, and um, there was like uh, on the on the um, on the western side. I didn't know this at the at the time, but there are some um, ruins from an old mansion that used to exist there, and the it's. Um, the foundation is there and and my first experience of there they're not there's not something right about this um was during one of these excursions because i mean i would i would do anything to escape the house and the first time i felt one of those temperature inversions out in in some abandoned part of of the wilderness was during one of these little hiking excursions and it wasn't until after that um, I returned back um, back home, went to the local library and did some reading on it and then found out that, hey, yeah, wouldn't you know it, that there is, uh, there's some history with that territory and about a very eccentric woman who was 
uh, some people had accused her of um, some kind of wrongdoing or witchcraft or whatever. And it was like, you can, you can feel that. And it's like, the thing is, is that like the, like the memory or some kind of imprint on an area is, it, see, it seems to always stick around certain specific places. And it was just like, somehow it's like people leave like some kind of a psychic memory around wherever they're, whatever they go. And it's like Are if you're in the Salem, Massachusetts. No, no, th- no. This was uh, this was uh, um, uh, the where it's like we call. It, I think it's called like the the three corners territory of um, uh, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, like and Vermont. Yeah, it's like the southern. No, I, if, if you've ever been to um, Salem, we actually went to Salem before we left Massachusetts, and we were just doing the touristy thing. And there's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of Wiccan presence there now, but in certain areas of it, you can definitely feel um, not good things had happened there. Yeah, you can definitely feel that. Yeah, you know. So, well, I, I honestly think you can feel that in lots and lots of places all yeah. over the country. Salem. I was just saying for an example. I know sa- yeah. people like to pretend that Salem's the only place where people were ever persecuted, but it really awesome. is everywhere. Yeah. All over the world, all over the country, it happens to this day. So, uh, as much as I feel bad for them, they're really nothing special. It's been going on for for forever, and it will continue on forever. As long as there's human beings, people are going to repress somebody. And whenever that so, happens, there's going to be that kind of energy being associated yeah, with that, that area. Well, yeah. negative brings negative. Yep, and positive brings positive. And there are certain areas in the world where you can go and you feel an uplifting presence. Becky yeah. and I have experienced that as well. There's there's um, a place in Upper State New York that we went to that's um, actually sacred to our religion, where you definitely feel a presence that is a positive, a extremely positive presence. Yeah. So, and we weren't even looking for it. No, like we weren't. When, when we went, we were expecting just to walk in, just any old no- normal oh. grove of trees and. Yeah. Pretty Look walk around. In the woods. Yeah. <laughs> and there Just you like are. when we go to his parents' backyard. That's what we were expecting. It is not what we got. No. It was a much as it was I would say it was brighter than any darkness and, I felt. And far richer. Yeah, definitely. A deeper, more richer experience as well. So it's not when we talk about the paranormal, people tend to fixate on the negative. But there is for every negative experience out there, there are positive experiences. I think the reason why people fixate on the negative is they're afraid to acknowledge the positive. Uh, I, I, oh, geez, how can I, how can I say, I don't want to contradict you, but the thing you is, can. is that, okay. Oh, okay, I do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is, I, I think one of the reasons why people feel the need to um, ignore the positive is because they've never experienced it. I think that there's so many people who are afraid of what lies beyond and that or it was just they are they're just a vessel or a conduit for the negative i i just don't think that they have it in them to um to even experience the positive so i don't i don't necessarily agree not to be contrary but i'm going to be have it in them but maybe i think it might be um you get what you seek and if they don't know that there is a positive side to seek or they don't believe 
that there is a positive or negative and so they are going to seek anything um it's possible you know maybe i don't know i'm not exactly sure where i'm going with this but i think that there's definitely everybody has the ability to feel both yeah and you and like yeah. we said earlier negative brings negative positive means brings positive and usually when people are searching for something like that they're on the down and out they've they've been going through a lot of negative things and so or, if they're know. not knowing what they're doing if they're not sometimes it's just the fact that they don't they don't know to they don't recognize the good when they see it yeah yeah um and that's something you have to be open for my, as well at my and, cousin's property um she has her uncle bill that's in the green barn um he was not neither he's neither a negative nor a positive mm -hmm. um he is positive in the fact that he is not negative yeah you know there because i mean why why is he still stuck in that barn why does he choose to stay instead of move on and that's an important thing the the choice he's choosing to be there and the other thing to remember is these things that used to be human still have those human emotions for whatever reason they've elected to stay there maybe it's because they're afraid to move on maybe it's because they have such fond memories for whatever reason they could be positive negative or neutral reasons why they're still there and the energy they bring to that could, is going to be reflective of who they are as a person someone who is negative is going to bring a negative energy and bring a negative experience someone who's positive is going to be a positive experience and bring a positive energy to it but I think that there is a, and, a uh, part of speaking it. of yeah. go ahead Eric I will I will disagree with you guys to only this extent I think that there's a small minority of people who are simply conduits of evil and we've seen these people throughout history or our personal experiences I think Adolf Hitler was a conduit for evil um, Genghis Khan Genghis Khan perhaps a conduit for evil Jim Jones a conduit for evil those, pe pot. those people who will not shut up in the movie theater while the movie is actually playing conduits of evil yes there are yes, and I think that there are people who are simply good and I think that there are some some people that are simply evil and then there are the rest of us whereas it was just like we're on the teeter-totter and we we go back and forth between good and evil I I truly genuinely I sort of have to put my foot down and say, in most cases, there are there is good and bad in everyone. Not to quote, you're familiar with the story of the two wolves, right? Oh, absolutely, and I think that we all have. But then there are some people. I think that there are some people who just have bad, angry wolves, and that's all they have because that's all they fed from the very beginning. I, I think that there are some people among us who were never born with a good wolf. Do you want to explain to the people who don't know the, the fable of the two wolves? Sure. So it's um, it's been attributed to various Indian tribes where a grandfather is talking to his grandson. The grandfather says, in the heart of every man, there lives two wolves. One is a dark wolf that represents everything negative and hateful in man. The other is a white wolf that represents everything loving and caring about man. And the two wolves are forever in conflict and fighting each other over the heart of man and the grandson says ask the grandfather which wolf will win and the grandfather says whichever wolf you feed yeah and it's great allegory i mean there's basically there's different versions of it in every culture around the world they don't necessarily use it as wolves but it's basically you know in japan they call it yin and yang right where you feed positive energy the more 
positive you are and the more you seek out good things, the more powerful the good force in you is. And the same thing with the negative. We tend to focus on the more positive things. Becky actually has... I have got a treat for you. Okay. I, all right. And you can't see it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open it, so hopefully you can hear it. Oh, it's not going to open. It's too... There it goes. I have right here in my hand a haunted cornet. Um, for those who don't know, a cornet is... You can kind of think of it as a trumpet. It was owned by a gentleman um, in the 1920s. He was a teenager, so he was born in the early 1900s uh, or to mid-1900s. And um, he owned this cornet, and then it was, after he passed away, it was donated to our thrift store. And it was beat up pretty bad, and my sister would hear music in our back office where she had it stored. And for years, she kept hearing music back there. And then one day she runs across it and she hears music coming from the box. When she opens it, she sees inside is the cornet. When you touch this cornet physically, you can, you get a vibration, almost like touching a gemstone that, that vibrates to your energy. Can you feel it? Not so much. Not so much. I can feel it. You're more sensitive than I am. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, we did a uh, we did a reading on it. My uh, myself, my parents, my siblings were all very in tune with other things, otherworldly things, and uh, so I had my daughters help me with this, and uh, we ended up speaking with the owner of this cornet and i think that may be why it reverberates for me but not for jason because he was not there at the time personally i think it's because i'm a saxophone player and trumpet players and saxophone players historically don't get along <laughs> true <laughs> anyway we found out that we found everything about this these people's lives i mean they were they were totally open and the energy was completely and totally positive it was the most positive paranormal experience I've ever had. We found out that um, both of my older daughters um, have the ability to be mediums. Do you know the difference between a medium and a sensitive? Uh, I think that you're going to tell me. <laughs> I, I am. I'm going to let you know. The sensitive is someone who can feel things and kind of sense things and hence sensitive and the mediums are people that can actually um the spirits can enter into their bodies and they can communicate through them and my my uh, one daughter said no to the spirit entering her body which was the man so i can kind of see why she didn't want him entering her body my other daughter allowed the wife of the man to enter her body and it was, I wish we had thought to record it because everything changed about her, the way she sat, the way she held herself, her manner of speaking, not her voice, it was still her voice, but the uh, way she spoke was different. And we were all wide-eyed staring at her like, holy cow, what is happening? And it was very, as a parent, it was very scary because you don't want your kids 
like taken over by evil things. Um, but this, that is not what happened. And when she, after a, quite a long time, almost an hour of conversation, uh, when she left her body, my daughter has no memory other than when the spirit came to her, said to her, do you mind if I enter your body to communicate? And when my daughter said yes. And then from then on, she remembers nothing until she left. This is one of those times where I really wish I was there to record it. I really wish I was there to set up the audio equipment. Yeah. Is there any way that we could reproduce this for a future show or what? We'd have to ask. We have to ask. Yeah. I mean, it, it would de definitely have to be something that she would be willing to do. And then, of course, I mean, we could try, but if the people who own the cornet yeah. say no, you know, it's going to be no. But I mean, that is it's definitely something that is an option. We are going to be doing another paranormal investigation this weekend. Yep. So, Jay, what are the what are the chances of you being able to record some of that some of that audio? Um, I won't be going on Friday night, but I'll go on Saturday night. I'll see what I can do. I can't promise anything because I've got just my cell phone to record with. Yeah. Maybe able to get something. I may not. Um. The thing about recording is that you sometimes get um, the what do they call the 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 EVP yeah the yeah yeah EVP. electronic voice whatever um, yeah where you know basically they ask questions and they just record what they ask a question and they wait and then they ask another question because the other side may be responding and we're just not able to hear it whereas the recorder will pick it up and then they listen to it later and. I can definitely record probably during that. Yeah, I think that I think that that would be really great because I have had some personal experience with that with my father. Uh, I I'm I don't know if I've ever actually talked about my dad on the podcast before. Uh, the thing is, is that uh, my father is one of those people who, um, like, for him a, a a switch was flipped, and I'm not sure when it happened. Um, I think it ha I because uh, he was one of those people who. Like everything is black and white, everything is real or BS, and he did not believe in the paranormal. And then, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was my half brother Steve or if it was my half brother Pete. Hey, Pete, how you doing? I hope you're listening, um, or whatever. But it it occurred before he and I reconnected in two thousand. No, not two thousand. Uh, Nineteen eighty seven, and uh, he had a series of books on the supernatural and. Um, and uh, paranormal investigations. And he was one of the, because he's a ham radio operator, he has a lot of experience with um, uh, electronic surveillance and whatnot. And uh, what, but the thing is, is that um, he really got into electronic, um, um, what, what did we call it? EVP? EVP. EVP. And so the thing is, is that the first, it was Halloween 1987. And he said, we're going to go to a graveyard and we are going to record and we're just going to set the microphone down. I, I, I wish I had that cassette. It's one of those cassettes that um, if you remember answering machines, you had to put in a special cassette that did not have the, the blank lead to it. It was it was a cassette that um, it was the magnetic tape like from the very beginning. As soon as you push, pushed play. It would automatic record. You didn't have to worry about the plastic lead. So we had one of those special answering machine tapes, and we said, 
Hey, listen, if you're a spirit and you have anything to say, please feel free to say something. And it was like he bought, I think he bought, he bought the most expensive microphone he could at the time to plug into this, this uh, tape recorder. And we recorded, like we, wa- we walked away and we sat for like the longest time. And then it's like he looked at his watch and it's like he motioned to me and we went over and it's like we flipped a cassette and we said, if you have anything to say, here is side B, have at it. Not a direct quote, but close enough. And so the thing is, is that we walked away and we took a couple of photographs uh, with this um, plastic disposable camera that was all the rage back in the late 80s, early 90s, before digital cameras. And I think that we must have taken about a couple of rolls. In the, and so w- when the tape was done and it was past midnight on Halloween, so we put the cassette in the stereo on the way home and we were listening to it and it was just like um you could hear the wind you could hear the chunking the, the crunching of the leaves as we were walking away from the tape recorder um but you could hear some whispering and you could hear somebody trying to say something it could have been anything it was it was like listening to somebody who was in a room down the hall like whispering and you could hear some strange. And when we got the film developed, you could see like wisps of fog and spots on 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 the film. Um, you could see weird weird things. And it's like I'm kicking myself in the in the keister because I wish I saved that cassette so I could bring it into audition, Adobe Audition, and pull out all the little bits and see see if I could tinker with it. See if I can see if I can like bring the noise level up. So for me, that's that's real. I, I've had experience with that. That's real. And it was just like people trying to reach out to the other side using electronic equipment. Um, and you would think that once everybody went digital, it's like we would get rid of those artifacts, those audio artifacts like they like to call the audio files like to call them. And no, they're, they're there. They're still, there. They're still, they're still there. there. They're louder than ever. In fact, if anything, with digital, it's easier to find out what it is they're saying. Like you said, you can use something like Audible or, well, not Audible, but you could uh, use uh, something you could, like, uh, you know, the audio file software. And you could use a do- you could use raise those levels and eliminate the background noise and bring up the actual voices. You may be able to actually hear the whispering. Um, certain things like EVP, um, the infrared cameras, things like that. You'll see these on in use on any of the the ghost hunter programs that you'll see online like netflix if you want to binge watch look up ghost hunters or something yeah you know you'll see all of this technology that's in use and it's gotten to the point where it's portable it's lightweight it's able to be moved and as my wife said earlier there's a lot of areas in the country in in the world where you can go and you can do these recordings and you can interact and you can actually find out what's going on some places it's all bs some places are not you know um it's i know i've had a number of experiences in my life and i there's no doubt in my mind there's a hereafter you know i'm i'm a religious person yeah i always have been and it's it's not because it's something that was being into me it's something that i i deeply believe you know um I, I know that when we die, 
there is a place that we're going to go to and how we behave here on earth is going to determine what happens to us when we leave here. I think that one of the things that we need to uh, really get into um, right after we figured out, how, how much time do you have, Jay? How much more time do you uh, have to talk? about maybe 10 more minutes. 10 more minutes. Well, the thing is, is that um, the other part of the conversation um, that I wanted to share is that my wife and I had an experience where um, there was uh, one of the shadow people and the sh- talking about the shadow people, I think that that's th- that's going to be uh, for part two of this conversation. We got to get into the shadow people. And there was this night before Carol and I had kids. I woke up in the middle of the night, and I had the feeling like somebody was watching us. And I looked up, and there was this being standing in the uh, in the doorway of our bedroom, and it was it was like a black shadow. But the thing is is that all the available light was being repelled by this creature, by this being. And I've spoken to other people about the, the concept of shadow people and the whole thing. And But the only thing that I could see or feel is that this thing had this just this wicked grin. And the thing is, I started to freak out. And I said to my wife, Carol, I said, Carol, do you see that? And she says, oh, yeah, I, I, I see it. Now, was this when the box was in the house? Uh, you know what? I I wonder about that. I I wonder about that. Um, but the thing is, and it was like Carol started saying like the Lord's Prayer, um, our Father who art in heaven, I'll hallowed be thy name. And she yeah. said that a couple of times. And then the thing just like, I can't even describe it. It was just like, it's sort of like the old black and white movies about Faust, whereas the, the devil just goes poof. And there, all that remains is a puff of smoke. It was like that, but it was like, it was hyper fast. For whatever reason, there was a light a light on in the kitchen and the light in the kitchen started to sort of like be absorbed back up the stairs and into our room and the lighting was normal again it was the the light in the kitchen was the only thing that was that was that was on and yeah we're definitely gonna have to have a conversation about the shadow people i mean there's you know you got two sides of the paranormal right you got the extraterrestrial side that say the shadow people are you know aliens or whatever and they're using cloaking technology or what have you and then you've got the the spiritual side where you have people that say that no these are demons or whatever very very dark presences and you know that like you said that's that could be another show altogether in I, and of itself oh the thing is there you are you're in utah you're in Utah, and uh, there's a book that I want to get. Uh, I want to get you a copy, and I want to have the author of this book, uh, Ryan Skinner. I've actually talked to Ryan Skinner via email. Um, he is the author of the book, Skinwalker Ranch: No Trespassing. It says, actually, I think it's oh, yep. and in the, Southeast Utah. Absolutely, and um, for the, our next show, I'm going to tease us for the next show. Uh, maybe you and I could record on Friday. You and I need to talk more about the supernatural in Utah. Um, and if you can, get a copy of this book and read up on it. It is the perfect book on how to do paranormal uh, investigations. And talking about the Skinwalker Ranch, and is considered to be one of the most haunted places in all of the Southwest. And we had an experience. We had an experience with the Skinwalker Ranch, which I am dying to share. Um, but our hour is almost up. Um, I sort of promised some people who would like to be able to air the Fedora Chronicles radio show 
on some local FM or AM stations here during their public access time. I promised them I'd keep the show under an hour. I made that promise to them today. <laughs> so the thing is, is that, so before we wrap it up, Jay, um, give us an idea of really quickly, what if you're going to do paranormal investigations, what do you think people need to do to get started? And what kind of equipment do people need? Well, obviously the first thing they're going to need is some sort of recording device, preferably something digital where they, they can record EVPs. Um, the second thing they're going to need to do, and we're talking just equipment at this point, um, I would recommend an EMF meter, but those are those can be very expensive. So the next piece of equipment, if you're trying to keep it within a reasonable price range, would be some form of portable digital thermometer so that they can monitor the temperature. You may feel a chill, but that doesn't mean the temperature is dropping. When you see the temperature dropping is when something might happen. The bigger the temperature drop, the more something is trying to cause something to happen. And in most cases, you need to get out of whatever situation you're in. The other thing I would say is on the spiritual side of things, be spiritually prepared. Um, I would recommend that if you are religious, you say a prayer before you engage in anything, in any paranormal investigation, you say a prayer asking and seeking protection and guidance. The other thing I would say is do not antagonize. If you're speaking with something from the other side, then you need to not antagonize them. You don't necessarily need to patronize them either because that can be considered antagonization. You're, you're just there seeking and asking questions. Be calm because your energy is going to affect their energy. So be calm, be open-minded. And if you're doing an EVP recording, ask a question and wait for it. Wait for the answer. Give them time to respond. Don't ask a question. Wait three seconds and ask the next one. Ask the question. Give them a minute, two minutes maybe. Ask the next one. They do have apps on the on the phone. On the smartphone, you can go to Google Play and download an app that has an EVP recorder. It's got a different option, like uh, I don't know what the words are. I'm looking for. It, give, it gives you a bunch of different options and things you can do with it. So if you're going, if you are going to investigate, whatever you do, do not go alone. Uh, one thing that I will, uh, one caveat I will have with everything that you said is that um, uh, don't rely on your cell phone for everything. If you're going to record digital audio, use a digital audio re uh, device. So none of the other apps will have any kind of crosstalk whatsoever. And bring a dedicated digital camera or even an old um, 35 millimeter camera. Bring that along with you because a lot of the things that I have heard is that... Um, a lot of people are able to point at whatever evidence you brought, whether it's audio or visual, and say, oh, that's just artifacts from the cell phone. So, And that's, and that's you're always going to have skeptics. The other thing, too, bring extra batteries, but don't carry them with you. Yeah. Because anything that's an energy source, is, they, can, they can drain. Yeah, absolutely. They can take energy away from it, you know? So I, they, uh, yeah. Before the investigation, they said that we they actually told everyone there to turn off their cell phones. Yeah. Just turn them off completely. Because if there's no energy being drawn, 
they're less likely to draw energy from that source because they won't notice it, or at least that's what the hope is theoretically. We don't really know. Um, so definitely got to keep all that in mind. I think that this is this has been a really great hour for us just to um, touch the surface or scratch the surface of the misadventures of the Cousinos into the realm of the paranormal. Right. So why don't we just say that this is part one of the Cousinos' misadventures into the paranormal, and we will definitely talk to you guys later. Excellent. Thank you very much for your time, sir. Thank you for having uh, us. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. we got to do this again real soon. Once again, a special thanks to Becky and Jason for being on the Fedora Chronicles radio show. I uh, just want to let you know that I chatted with Jason earlier today while I was editing this specific show. And um, he had said that they are going to be ready to record part two of this topic uh, sometime soon after they move into their new house. So with that said, um, all of us at the Fedora Chronicles would like to pass along our congratulations uh, for, uh, for getting that new house, Becky and Jason. Good job. Um, and congratulations again. So the next topic is going to be uh, on shadow people. And if you have something to say on this topic, and if you want to be on this specific show, you just let us know. If you want to be in on this show, let us know via Facebook, Twitter, or direct email. Info at thefedorachronicles.com. Let us know uh, what you want to contribute to the conversation, whether or not it's a personal experience, research that you've done on the, the topic, or what you have read. Um, if you've read a book on the topic of shadow people, let us know and tell us what you thought about the book and uh, help us get in touch with the author, too. We would love to have authors of books on the topic on the show as well. Uh, we, we will do everything we can to get arrangements to get you in on the show one way or another. So this time we featured the song Chase from the soundtrack Midnight Express by Giorgio Mortarer. Uh, as a homage to the uh, source of inspiration for me, Art Bell and his new show, Midnight in the Desert. You can find a link to the song uh, on, on the webpage for the specific episode, number 50. So anyway, hey, that's it. Another great show is in the can. I am your host, Eric Render King Fisk. And as always, keep your chin up and your fedora on. Thanks for listening. <laughs>